0: Hello, welcome to the Brother, Brother, Brother podcast. I'm your host, Wyndham Lewis. I'm here with my brother, Jeremy Sartori. So it is a Brother, Brother podcast today. And uh, we like to break news here on the Brother, Brother, Brother podcast. And, and Jeremy, I, I know this news will upset you, but Von Scott has been found dead.
1: No way. How? How did he die?
0: Um, the official explanation to quote um, Derek Smalls of Spinal Tap was, he choked <laughs> on vomit. Whoa. Now, wow. he... And you can't really dust for vomit, as, as Derek pointed out. Um, so, uh, but there is actually some uh, weird controversy. The reason I'm bringing up Bon Scott is that it was 40 years ago yesterday that Bon Scott uh, was found dead in a car, in his friend's car outside his friend's apartment in London. And um, it is. Uh, there has been some some uh, controversy uh, drummed up in the last several years. Uh, somebody did a definitive biography on Bond and claims that there were three people in the car uh, when he died, rather than one, and that it was a heroin overdose rather than alcohol poisoning. But all of that uh, controversy aside, we thought we would take this opportunity spl- to celebrate
1: splitting hairs of drug of uh, rock and roll yeah. death at this
0: point. Exactly, and forty years later. Um, who knew ACDC would still be around after uh, Yeah, uh, near. I think that's years. kind of
1: the the more um, interesting part. I mean, ACDC, uh, both admittedly fans, but just a band that, you know, a very uncomplicated, straightforward uh, rock and roll band from Australia started in the early 70s by the Young Brothers, correct?
0: Yeah, uh, all of the members basically were, you know, part of this great migration from uh, the UK, namely Scotland, to Australia. So all of, uh, I think all of the members of the band, Bon, the, the Young Brothers, uh, were all born in Scotland, moved to Australia, and raised in Australia. Um, the Young Brothers in Sydney and, and Bon in Western Australia, Fremantle, where there is a bronze statue of him. Uh, in his honor um, but yeah it was it's uh, it was an interesting band the, the the Young's older brother George who ultimately managed them through their very very successful and prolific career was a member of a band called the Easy Beats which was the biggest band in Australia uh, in the 60s and they had a big hit you probably know it actually Jared uh, called Friday on my mind
1: um, I don't by title but I'm sure if I heard it I would, I would Monday.
0: Know. I've got Friday. On my oh mind. yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: that's. Um,
0: nice. Yeah. So that's George Young, and um, he sort of encouraged his brothers to start a band. They were looking for a, a, a singer. Um, George was friends with Bon Scott um, from uh, touring, and Bon Scott uh, was actually their driver briefly before he became their lead singer. But they had a lead singer before Bon, and uh, but those years are fairly negligible and starting in 1974 bond became the singer in 1975 they put out their first two albums high voltage and tnt in australia
1: yeah so i mean the i mean obviously i came to uh ECDC from their their third singer sounds like um brian was it brian uh, johnson johnson yeah right brian johnson and uh with back in black and some of the, the later albums one of the only bands also successfully successfully to uh, to swap singers and still be good um, yeah maybe they get a, bigger. a handful yeah um, yeah others have gotten bigger but i think like unlike van halen acdc still was good you know at least for a years. yeah i think more. it was
0: the it's more the joy division new order corollary than yeah definitely than, uh, than the van, van halen Higar corollary
1: versus uh yeah. you know but um Just curious in the early 70s, um, you know, first of all, like schoolboy outfits or schoolboy outfit, I should say, um, you know, bar bar chord uh, riffs and, uh, you know, with, uh, you know, basically shredding vocals, like what the fuck was going on in the early 70s that this, uh, these imports from Australia took over kind of the rock world?
0: Well, that's a funny thing, is that there is there's not a ton of precedent for this ahead of it, you know. I mean, I guess Black Sabbath is much more theatrical and brooding, yeah, like and kind of like cult, were,
1: weren't they? I mean,
0: like Black Sabbath yeah, wasn't like were, a chart topper. Sh- they were shrouded in darkness. Yeah, uh, actually, they were. They sold a lot of records. They okay. were popular, but um, you know, more of like the Deep Purple kind of heavy rock, yeah, uh, with a swing to it. But ACDC kind of. Uh, Weirdly, by kind of firing it down the middle, almost started its own genre, which is sort of. I guess it's like heavy pub rock, right? Um, And it it is, you know, they basically uh, wrote about a thousand songs based on three themes: Um, (laughs) fucking, drinking, and fighting. I believe they were,
1: which tends to be the reason you're at a pub. So,
0: yeah, and it's sort of uh, you know. a a lot of different takes, a lot of really uh, weak sexual innuendo. Bon Scott, uh, I must say, uh, the Bon Scott era and the Brian Johnson era are kind of differentiated by Bon Scott's sense of humor. I mean, he really was pretty funny, and he liked this sort of impish, you know, Keith Moon-type character that he portrayed.
1: Wild man. Um,
0: Yeah, wild man, a little bit unstoppable, but also, you know, with a wink... You know, yeah. probably good guy to hang out with. Um, I don't think he was straight up. Uh, what's his face from? You know, Robert Carlyle from Train Spotting. Um, that said, they were uh, they. You know, they got pretty big in Australia. Um, then they got sort of big in the UK. Um, they influenced a lot of the new wave of british heavy metal so like the judas oh, not, priests and the the um, judas priests the iron maidens yeah, the saxons, saxons right. um yeah and that was a pretty you know that was a pretty big deal but all, always it was the weird thing about acdc to me was that they were kind of the metal band and they were distinctively distinctly placed in the metal category i don't know that it necessarily fits and they didn't really like to be put in that category, but I think some of that had to do with uh, his vocal style. Yeah, yeah, and the you know the fact that they weren't singing about topics of the day. They were yeah, they, they weren't were, talking about hobbits or um, they were talking about, about hobbits or bringing down the queen. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> And they were—they were sort of funny. I guess I guess they sort of notoriously hated punk and the whole aesthetic of punk. But actually, getting their aesthetic is is pretty important. They uh, they took their name from um, their older sister's sewing machine, not knowing that it was a euphemism for bisexuality. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, I've always uh, actually
1: wondered about that. I thought it was just a wink and, and a nod kind of thing, but no.
0: And the same sister, I guess uh, decided that the best on stage uh, costume for Angus would be a schoolboy's outfit, which became iconic yeah, she's still wearing today <laughs> yes at, at the tender age of uh, you know seventy um, and we'll, let me get we'll get to the the 2010s because the 2010s were a pretty bad decade for the band but uh you know the 70s output you got within a... Oh, a man. Five-year, four-year span here. You've got High Voltage, TNT, Dirty Deeds is recorded in 76, although I definitely remember, and doing my research, I uh, had this uh, confirmed. Uh, Dirty Deeds did not come out in the States until after Bon Scott was dead. Oh, so really? It's a, it was a five-year-old album by the time it came out in the States. So in the States, uh, TNT, High Voltage were out, though. Uh, TNT and High Voltage were combined into one record. That's a great um, Called record. High Voltage.
1: Nice. Yeah. Okay. So and that's...
0: Because there's the there's the
1: Australian cover, not to get into too many details, but I always know High Voltage as Angus Young with a lightning bolt coming out in between his legs.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> and his guitar. Um, <laughs> and what of it? But um, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, High Voltage, TNT, Dirty Deeds, Let There Be Rock, which has uh, to be where yeah. Spinal Tap got the, you know, the joke about... Um, you know, and on the eighth day, why didn't God rest as well? Um, but, and then there was Powerage and Highway to Hell. Highway to Hell is the first album they did with Mutt Lang, who sort of became their signature producer and ACDC became his his signature band, you know, following which he. And Highway to Hell would have
1: been their biggest, correct? Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Um, Yeah. And then, you know, Bon Scott passes away and a month later, after some deliberation, they hire Brian Johnson, who's in a band Scottish band called Geordie. Um, not a particularly remarkable pub band, but he does have a great voice and great delivery. And they purposefully moved away from um, you know, getting a Bon Scott kind of impersonator. They went with a different vocal style. Uh, in nineteen eighty Having Back in Black mostly in the can, um, they switched over. It would have been a Bon Scott record, and they switched over to Brian Johnson, and it becomes one of the biggest selling records in the history of music.
1: Yeah, it's, um, I mean, Back in Black is like a, I mean, I think actually just some of the albums you name check there, obviously high, high Voltage, Dirty Deeds, and Highway to Hell, too, they, they become very much classic records. Classic rock records, for sure. And then, you know, Back in Black is, like, the Zeppelin four, where, you know, I don't necessarily need to pop it on any time in my lifetime again, because I know it frontwards and backwards. You know every... <laughs> exactly. Yeah,
0: just by osmosis. And it's it is it's interesting. They were one of those bands where they were, you know, they. it's hard to realize that in real time they weren't that popular in the Bon Scott era. They were getting popular. They were starting to get some traction, and well, it's like they peaked, you know. and that, or they hit their peak, and then he passed away,
1: which is the worst thing that could ever happen to a band that's been working mm-hmm. that long, you know, on uh, and you know that hard, and then and then all of a sudden you just you, it's almost like they made it or they did they made it, and then their singer choked on his own vomit or OD'd on heroin. We don't know.
0: Yeah, or choked on vomit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's crazy. And, bl-
1: and then Back in Black, yeah, launched them into uh, you know. Stratospheric
0: stardom, Uh, you know, stadium band at that point, all over the world. And back in black, it's hard to imagine a world without back in black at this point because you've, like you said, you you didn't have to own it to know it. It's been, you know, it's just everywhere. But at the same time, you know, it's a murderer's row of songs. I mean, Hell's Bells, um, you know, Back in Black, You Shook Me All Night Long. uh, rock and rolling noise pollution it's its you know it's a killer record and it could be mistaken as you've often said it could be mistaken for a greatest hits record if yeah, it, it's they the didn't Ramones have so many other great
1: self-titled hits. it's the you know uh, Led Zeppelin 4 like I said the rumors you know it, it's exactly it's every song seemed to be a hit and every song there's not a lot of power ballads on that one
0: no there's not a <laughs> think, there's not a lot of power I don't think they know A-Z-D-Z. how to i don't think
1: they know uh, how to do do the uh slow down
0: there's no it's kind of i mean i and i think that's been addressed actually there was there was never it is even in the 80s when everybody had to have a power ballot out you know when ozzy's singing mama i'm coming home and yeah. and uh you know every band slowed it down acdc never did they kept you know they stuck to their guns they they've been I mean part of it is you know you can laugh at the monotony of it but the other part of it is like these guys I they knew who they were they, yeah, were, they knew who
1: they were they did it really well and they also you know I mean you, you talk about songs that just kind of hit and you know whether it's um, you know the ones you checked Highway to Hell things like that but you also um, TNT you know they're great like Revue up, sports arena songs, but they also yeah. are a band that I, you know, it's it's another one of those bands where I have a hard time finding anyone who's like Ugh, I fucking hate ACDC, except for probably rock co- critics in the seventies and eighties, right? I mean, there's no. I think, re-
0: they, I think they actually got you know reasonable credit for their you know for what they were doing at the time. I don't think they were as um, dismissed as you might think. It's it's funny too. It it was always the band because you know you were sort of. Uh, identifying yourself you know as you're sort of searching for your identity and, and you sort of identify yourself by what you like not what you're like to quote uh, high fidelity um, you know ACDC was a band that didn't fit in the framework for me you know I wanted to be identified as like a Ramones fan and a you know a Clash fan and, and you know all the punk bands of the yeah. Dead Kennedys and all the punk bands of the 70s and 80s and ACDC was still one of those, like, it's hard to call it a a guilty pleasure, but they were one of those bands that I always liked. And as same with Van Halen, with David Lee Roth. Um, So it was funny that gradually two things happened with ACDC. One is the punk kids finally admitted that they liked ACDC and Motorhead. yeah, And so they became the acceptable metal metal acts.
1: Yeah, hard rock acts.
0: And also, you know we've and we've talked about this a number of times, then they kind of snuck into classic rock territory pretty seamlessly. I mean, they were an outlier of a of a rock act in the 70s. you know, they weren't considered rock royalty and now, you know did by virtue of you know, I guess it was back in black really. they became classic rock almost um,
1: instantaneously. I feel like that album was already. You know what I mean? And obviously I'm coming at it from a little bit of a younger perspective, but so it was, but I definitely grew up in in the eighties and, and, you know, MTV and radio and always around. And so I feel like that album instantly kind of went into that canon of classic rock.
0: Absolutely. And it was one of those albums too, where, you know, it's hard, you know, when you see like certain older people and you're like, I can't imagine that person was ever young. Yeah. Um, Back in Black is one of those albums where, like, you can't imagine it was ever a new album.
1: Right. Yeah,
0: It just seems to have been in the ether forever. Yeah,
1: it's like... It was, like, chiseled out of stone. Um, Yeah,
0: it just sort of exists.
1: (laughs) One of the commandments of rock. Um, But, yeah, no, and I think, too, it's a band, too, that in recent... Or not maybe recent years, but definitely in the 2000s, and and you you had kind of a resurgence. Movies like School of Rock, you know, having Mm -hmm. the the kids learn, you know... um, Oh god, I'm like blanking on the song.
0: Uh, I know the lyrics. It's a long way to the top, if you long want. way to the I'm top. Not.
1: Yeah, with which is like you know a the, song the that only... you didn't hear on on radio that includes a bagpipe section. <laughs> you know, it's like
0: <laughs> yeah. truly really the only bagpipe solo. Uh, yeah. the only bagpipe music I've ever enjoyed in my entire life, and it's a great use of the bagpipes. That's
1: a great use of bagpipes, and it's a great. It's a... I mean, it's one of the best like touring rock and roll songs ever. You know. Um,
0: but that's, I think, again, that sort of, you know, points to the difference between Bon Scott and and Brian Johnson. I mean, Brian Johnson does, you know, a song like For Those About to Rock with a 21-gun salute. It's very, you know, I mean, it's, it's silly, but it's still done with a straight face. And, you know, when uh, Bon Scott sings It's a Long Way to the Top, If You Want to Rock and Roll, it's very tongue-in-cheek. The bagpipes... Are a yep. nod back to their Scottish roots, and it's a it's it's silly. And he would get that he's winking at you.
1: Yeah, and I think too he's the the that part time in the band. It was you know the driving around in vans, you know, rocking mm-hmm. out. And I think uh, you know where Brian Scott was sort of the the tr- the late trade and where you you know the the ball player who comes and, and wins the third championship or, or wins the second championship. You know.
0: Yeah, um,
1: it's it the, it's a rod um... trade <laughs> takes him to the top don't want to compare him to A-Rod but it's something along those lines you know the LeBron trade or something where you you, you know like okay like that guy's stepping in because that album I think with Bon Scott would have been probably I don't know maybe it's hard to say just as big but you know I, I think it obviously would have been a hit album too.
0: The songs were there yeah, but and you know their, their, their popularity was growing so I think it probably would have but it's impossible to say and also it's Brian Johnson's album I mean it's not It doesn't feel like no it belongs to anybody else you know it doesn't feel like a legacy album it just seems like an ass-kicking you know right place right time right replacement kind of uh a record and the one thing i did want to talk about because um i have only seen acdc once i don't know if you've ever seen them
1: i never have i had a friend who was from new orleans originally and has like a great days to confuse story of driving to Houston in like 78 or something to see them, (laughs) which is just like, you know, something from another world to me, but sounds amazing. But yeah, no, I know you saw them in the nineties or or early. I did. I
0: saw them. I saw them in the nineties. I think, Um, (gasps) I think it was like 99. And I'll tell you what, I'm not a big fan of a big show and I'm not a big fan of an arena, No. but my God, I, I am to very 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 few small clubs, where the sound was as loud as as an ACDC arena show.
1: Yeah, and that's both um, crowd and and uh, volume of guitars, I imagine.
0: Yeah, and everybody knew it was coming, and everybody was psyched yeah. about it. It was one of the best shows I've you know one of my favorite shows I've seen. Um, that said, uh, the the rock and roll life that they've been singing about for now forty seven years. Uh, has taken its toll in the last six say. years. Um, Malcolm left the band in 2014 with early yes. onset dementia. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, Malcolm. I did say Malcolm, right? You
1: did say Malcolm. Yep.
0: yep. Yeah. Um, you know, it, and if you go back, I mean, you'll, you'll you'll see that he was one of the great rhythm guitarists, I think, of all time. Um, you know, was the. Well, I was gonna say, master. yeah,
1: guitar. I was actually gonna throw that in there. I think, like, in general. You, you talked about them hitting straight down the middle and you know we kind of compare them to the Ramones and stuff I mean one big difference is the Ramones didn't know how to play guitar and uh, you know they, they knew like three chords which, which were great and they played the same song very well, excellently over and over again but um, with some nuances we loved, Ramones were great but ACDC is in a lot more intricate and you know it's, it's kind of a subtle. Um, you know, almost the way people talk about a, a Bruce Springsteen being a great guitar player, but you're not really sure when you've heard Bruce Springsteen play guitar, but it's that underlying, you know, just notes and riffs that, that they really rocked and, and, uh, I... and hit. And you, both he and his brother, you know, just together were amazing.
0: I think you. It's almost worthy of like an art world comparison of like a Cy Twombly or, a, um, you know, a Jackson Pollock, where you're yeah. where you're talking about somebody who has so much skill that they've now gone into you know sort of more primitive forms of
1: yeah. They've um, moved it into kind of a, a
0: really they've, precise. They've, redu- <laughs> they've reduced it at this point yeah. into something, and, you know, this great Cy Twombly line of, you know, overhearing somebody in one of his shows say, oh, my my second grader could do that, and he walked over and he said, well, your second grader didn't do that, (laughs) Um, (laughs) and I kind of feel like that's how people feel about the Young Brothers and what they did, it's like. Yeah, uh, I think they
1: get dismissed a lot as, and I think it's also the appeal of them, to, like you said, where, you know, people like punk, I think people like disco, people like, you know. Rock or you know sort of Elton John crowd too. I think all, you know, they may not have loved ACDC at the time or anything like that. But it's very hard to find somebody today that is just like oh, this song sucks or these guys are you know horrible. It's like no, these great song. You know.
0: So, just to finish my my note on the on the, yeah, the demise, fall, sorry, which know, is a shame because because it, it, you know they all seem like, you know, great in- individuals, but Malcolm. Uh, Starts suffering from early onset dementia in 2014, dies in 2017. Phil Rudd, the drummer, somehow is serving time for conspiracy to commit murder. Um, I recall that. He hired a hitman to, I believe, kill, I don't know, after that, did I just say they were all pretty good guys? <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, And then, you know, Brian Johnson is largely deaf at this point, not super shockingly yeah um, given uh,
1: given that you saw them live in a, in a giant arena and could hear couldn't hear afterwards
0: no I, re- it, it, I really couldn't and I was you know I mean I'm loath to say it but I was in a box for that thing and and I could not hear the guy next to me
1: yeah I mean it's one of those things and you can you know, I can visualize it and just you know I'm, I'm got thunderstruck in my mind because I'm sure that's a, a boomer live and uh, it is And just, yeah, I mean, you can just hear the kind of like swell come up. Yeah, I'm jealous and I wish I had gotten to see them.
0: Yeah, it's it's going to be hard at this point. I, I don't. I think you know this, but you've probably you know you may have stored this in the please don't remind me file. Um, you know, Axel Rose picked up as their lead singer in 2016 Ooh. and toured with them I, for a while. Yeah,
1: I think I purposely like swept that under the rug, and it may come out in therapy years later.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly for one of you. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's. But I don't know. It was. Um, I'm really happy. I saw them when I saw them. They still kicked major ass when i saw them they were the one of the loudest bands i've ever seen um that was their chief concern and i think they did the same act every night in every town and everybody loved it yeah and i think they always seem like a band that loved playing which is <clears> uh,
1: always a plus and not mailing it in um so your f- top uh, what's your favorite acdc album or is it a combo
0: it's hard for me to, to sort of segregate out the Bon Scott records because I've never really listened to... I was never really in the habit of listening to them as albums. I kind of yep. just...
1: Through track. Um, out.
0: But, you know, Highway to Hell.
1: Yeah. I was going to say, Highway to Hell is great. And, uh, you know, Back to Black, we talked about. It's just one of those albums that's always there.
0: And I actually, yeah, it's like, kind of
1: that was about to rock because it was sort of my I just remember it too like I, I, as I, a kid the, yeah yeah I, I, i'm I went back and revisited the early albums you know um later on I mean I knew songs obviously dirty beads and TNT and stuff like that but um but I kind of went back and listened to them and, and they're fantastic
0: yeah I mean I, I think highway to hell is one of my favorite it's hard to say because I mean i I you know got a renewed uh, love of um, It's a Long Way to the Top. Yep. Dirty Deeds was probably the album I listened to the most as a kid. Cause, and like I said, it didn't come out until 81. So it was post Back in Black that it was released in America, which is weird. Really weird um, you know, not unlike the Abbey Road, Let It Be kind of thing. Um, but it's, I have to say, if you throw them Back in Black and, you know, you may think you're sick of it. It fucking rips. No, it totally rips. I,
1: I was gonna say I think like three albums, if you you know, had to like listen to ACDC aside from songs, I think like high voltage has some of the best songs and things like that. But Dirty Deeds, Highway to Hell, and Back in Black as a three for pretty damn good.
0: Yeah. And uh it it's funny, uh, one of the you know, sort of underrated uh, merits of an ACDC song is they're surprisingly fun to dance to if you drop them in the middle oh, of, yeah. a, of a good dance mix
1: i i agree and uh, i think that was something that uh, when when uh, the kids were playing rock songs at dance parties um yeah. they're one that definitely got brought into and i remember a lot of middle school dances also with you shook me all night long
0: yeah <laughs> a lot of fun <laughs> very appropriate middle school <laughs> exactly
1: yeah. the 80s um well cool i think uh we're uh, getting the band back together for our next episode, but let's uh, let's take a quiz after this on uh, the the wonderful debate that we watched last night, and uh, and let's uh, take a break and listen to some ACDC.
0: When your dealer's closing, awesome. it's a long way to the top if you want to rock and roll.
1: It is, God damn it. To the brother, brother, brother pod, and today Wynn and I are, are chatting about uh, ACDC um, with the 40th anniversary of Bon Scott's death. And we're sort of biding time until uh, all three brothers are together, and we have a, a fun episode coming up um, you know, next on, on Tame Impala and Paula uh, and some of the music from Down Under. So we're excited about that. But um, last night, we both had the pleasure of watching the, the Democratic debate, which I'm sure a lot of Folks tuned into, and you know, we really try and stay away from politics in this uh, pod because you know, Wynne and Christian actually both even had, had worked in politics a little bit, and I vote every once in a while. So um, you know, this is uh, we're trying to tie it to music, and uh, we just I had some fun this morning looking at the candidates' birth dates, um, and I'm gonna throw out some songs, Wynn and, and you're gonna guess um, which candidate had that, which song was number one during that candidate's lifetime. And then uh, During love that
0: candidate's year of birth, right? Year,
1: year birth, yeah. And I'd, I'd love for you also to uh, maybe pick your the song that you think would be the, their best campaign song based on what you saw last night. Uh, yeah. All
0: right, a and little uh, uh, much like "Don't Stop" uh, by uh, "Don't Stop" <laughs> built by, by
1: the Clintons, exactly. The
0: Clintons and and uh, "Roar" was Hillary Clinton's. I'm trying to remember some of the other. It ones. was "Roar," um,
1: yeah, and I think um, what did uh, Obama? Did Obama have one? I know Obama had that famous Eminem, uh, the Eminem track pre like one of his big speeches. That was a big one. Lose yourself. Lose yourself, yeah.
0: That's a good one.
1: It is a great one. Um, I'm gonna get the, the one out of the way first, just because there's one candidate that uh, you know, let's just say would have been around when uh, the song was number one. I can't go for that by uh, Philadelphia's own
0: Hollow Notes. Hollow Notes. Uh, so, I'm going to go with Pete Buttigieg. Good guess. Um, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I can't go for that uh, being... Wait, let me let me try and pin the year then. That would be 82? You got it. Yep. Mr. Buttigieg was
1: 82, and uh, I can't go for that. One of uh, Hall Notes' uh, mega hits in the early 80s. What song yeah. would you pick for Pete's campaign today in 2019? 2020. Uh, 2020.
0: Um hmm. I mean the obvious one uh would be I'm going back to Indiana by the Jackson five. Um but back. I think I w I I don't think he wants to uh I think he wants to go back local. to
1: Indiana. I think he wants to go, yeah, to Washington, DC. Uh I think um No pressure, just hmm. put puffs in your head.
0: Okay, uh some reason, Lonely Boy by Andrew Gold pops into my head. <laughs> <All right. laughs> oh, that's right. We'll, we'll write that in to Pete
1: and uh, just make a recommendation from the Brother, Brother, Brother pod. Yeah. Thank you, young Pete, Mayor Pete. And um, all right, so it's going to get a little trickier now because... <laughs> I'm assuming I real- we're going chron- I, I did chronological
0: order backward.
1: I did realize um, the candidates are old, really old. Yeah, you know, no, Pete. I know,
0: but I... I- yeah i think you know bernie sanders might have been played on a 78 um yeah definitely so let's uh let's
1: go for um glenn miller's a story of pearls there's a lot of orchestrated orchestrated hits put it that way
0: i'm gonna go with bernie sanders
1: (laughs) close um bernie is slightly older than this gentleman and slightly taller Uh, joe but no no close again but uh, uh, you knocked two, two of the old men out. <laughs> There's
0: what, one left. Bloomberg? <laughs> Bloomberg, yeah. What year was he born? 42. 42, wow. Yeah, um, crazy. Yeah, that is, that is nuts. Um, Should make the other ones a little easier. <laughs> I mean, this is, this is kind of a layup and, a, and an easy joke, but Short People by Randy Newman.
1: <laughs> nice, perfect. There you go. <laughs> Um, Alright, so we'll throw uh, Stuck on You by Elvis Presley
0: Hmm I'm trying to think who's still in it um, You got you got
1: the young man out and one of the old men would out Would that
0: be Klobuchar?
1: Yeah, nice Really? I thought um, she was younger than
0: that She's 62 Oh, okay
1: yeah, so... Um,
0: born in 62 or, or she's 62, 62 years
1: 62. old? <laughs> born in 62.
0: It's not that far apart, to be no, honest. No, it isn't. No. So. Yeah, no,
1: I agree. But yeah, no, born um, in 62. Um, okay. Yeah. And so despite her uh, ever-aging hairdo, she, uh, yeah. Elvis was her, 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 her uh, number one. And, and so for the, the gal from Minnesota who uh, just talks, you know, plainly, and uh, I what guess. You think her, her campaign song should be...
0: Uh, right now, it should be Comeback Kid by um, uh, Sharon good. Van Etten. Sharon
1: Van Etten, I like it. Yep, she did. She did the turnaround.
0: Comeback
1: Kid. All right, so you've got, uh, you've got one gal, our senator here from Massachusetts, and uh, Mr. Biden, and um, who's the other? Oh, Bernie, Bernie left. I forgot about Bernie. Yeah. Um, all right, so this would be Jim Dorsey and his orchestra, Blue
0: Champagne. Wow, Jim Dorsey, that would be is that Glenn Dorsey's brother?
1: I don't know, but I would guess.
0: <laughs> uh I'm gonna go with uh Bernie Sanders on that one. <laughs> you nailed it.
1: <laughs> and uh so Bernie's theme song. Uh you know,
0: the
1: Stro- the strokes are trying to, to do his campaign song or they're writing that yeah. original for him, but
0: I'm gonna go with "My Generation" by the Who.
1: That's a great one.
0: <laughs> Bernie Bernie does draw probably
1: the coolest uh, rock and roll endorsements. I'll give I'll give the burn yeah, credit easily. Um, all right, so you got yeah. two left, and you, I'll just throw them both out there. Uh, you've got Perry Cuomo. Um, God, what is the song? Uh, whatever, Perry that's, Cuomo.
0: <laughs> that's gonna be Liz Warren.
1: Yeah, you nailed it. And then um, because
0: she's a little bit younger. Yeah. Um 49. And I I think I'm going to go with uh I mean there's a bunch of easy jokes here about uh um you know Paul Revere and the Raiders songs or something but uh I think <laughs> I'm going to go with um These Eyes by The Guess Who for Liz Warren. Oh, I like it. That's a
1: good one. Um and then Biden's is awesome because it's uh he was 42 as well and it's White Christmas Bing Crosby.
0: No way. Yeah. That is so perfect. Is I'm just so going to leave it at "White Christmas by Bing Crosby. I think you should just keep that as his yeah, Totally. Song. totally.
1: <laughs> So uh, that's our political commentary, and uh you know we do appreciate our you know we hope the candidates appreciate our uh, our
0: suggestions know, we, and and te- text us some suggestions if you're or tweet us some suggestions at the brother pod
1: yeah absolutely we are we are open to, to uh fight songs and campaign songs for our uh our democratic hopefuls um and that'll might be the last time we talk about politics on the brother 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 pod all yes. right <laughs> so let's go out with uh White Christmas by uh, Bing Crosby, (laughs) (laughs) and uh, we'll bring it back and and, end this how we always end it.
0: Welcome back to the Brother, Brother, Brother podcast. We have had a wide-ranging conversation today about choking on vomit and uh, choking on rhetoric. Um, <laughs> but uh, we are going to end this how we end every episode, and that is, uh, Jared, what are you listening to?
1: Yeah, so um, I have been catching up on post-Oscars on some of the movies I didn't get to see. So two that um, I didn't see during the pod that when and I did that he did was... Actually, one I should say went back and, and kind of rewatched, t- watched twice. But um, *Parasite*, first of all, the winner, um, phenomenal. And I know I'm kind of late to the game, and you've already talked about it, so I'm not going to go into a lot of detail. But um, you know, I always appreciate and love a movie that has a lot of hype that I'm told is great, and I finish watching it and want to watch it again because it's great. Um, and then I did rewatch and uh, and watched again *Once Upon a Time in Hollywood*, which. You know I, I think initially kind of suffered a little bit from pacing and just expectation um, unlike parasite for me but on second viewing just the nuances and, and you and I kind of had a, a subtle conversation I will say too you know in my when I was younger in, in high school maybe sophomore freshman in high school our cousin Marina um, does publicity for for films and 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 she you know worked with, Reservoir Dogs when it first she came out. She was on the
0: onset publicist on on Reservoir Dogs. On so Reservoir she was Dogs, on set right? Every day, so yeah. before
1: anybody had ever heard of Quentin Tarantino, had recommended us, and we ventured out in suburban New Jersey to find an art house film that was actually playing the movie, and you know the the sort of revolution of, of music and and humor and severe violence. violence. <laughs> you know, it just blew me away as, as a high school kid getting into kind of cooler movies and things like that. And I think blew you away as a, you know, early 20s. Absolutely. And uh, we took a friend who was probably, you know, traumatized post. But um, but yeah, I, I, so, you know, I've always, I've kind of been there for the Quentin Tarantino ride and, you know, like a lot of artists that, that, you know, have a long career there's peaks and valleys and, and you sort of can you know somewhat lose interest when you're so wowed initially and then you know I think he's always done a, a very good job but you're not as kind of surprised anymore and uh, going back and watching once upon a time uh, just the the nuance of having you know sort of three or four little vignettes or films within the film it, it's really good and I, I also just you know will shout out I mean not that I'm saying anything new that no one else has said the acting is great and uh, Tarantino really does a good job of of, of You know, for somebody who seems like he'd be an actor's best friend and kind of just a a hyper, you know, personality, he really gets the best out of who he's working with. It seems to, especially uh, Leo, in the last few films he's done with him.
0: Yeah, I agree, and I will uh, add an addendum, which is that I've been flying a lot lately, and both of those films have been on a lot of my flights, um, and I have watched them. You know in many different states, you know, sort of uh, analytically, a little bit tipsy, um, you know, straightforward. And those two movies in particular get really funny after multiple viewings. I mean, Parasite was shocking and exciting the first time I saw it. And then I saw it, when I saw it again, I'm like, this is truly, truly a comedy. And it's, it's funny, as is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood to a degree. Um, you know they're both really funny movies, um, and the 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 humor is arch and um, also very sneaky. So yeah, um, well
1: yeah, cap off a good film year and uh, my late late uh, late viewing, but um, but enjoyed both over the weekend again. And uh, so, what are you listening to?
0: I have been watching a lot of documentaries. Uh, I've also been watching Narcos Mexico, which I love. Um, a show that keeps getting incrementally better each season and also incrementally incrementally less in English each season. Um, it's a really, it's a nifty trick what they pulled um, by sort of Trojan horsing um, a foreign language television show to a, a wide audience. Uh, I wouldn't have thought that would have been possible a few years ago. You know, um, I started it last night,
1: and it's on par with what what's been on the last few seasons. It's, it's great, and it keeps getting better. It's great,
0: and the acting is great, and you know the mustaches are great, and everything about it, I really love. That said, I've been watching a lot of documentaries. I watched The Pharmacist on Netflix, which was quite good, and but the one that really knocked me out was The Kingmaker, uh, the Imelda Marcos documentary. Um, I got it as a screener, so I'm not sure if it's out or whether it is, it, whether it came out and I didn't notice that it came out. I, I'm really a little bit lost on on uh, the timing of that film. But I, I watched it uh, through a digital screener that was sent to me, and it is it's awesome. Um, the she's just a great character, and I didn't realize during her reign and and you know, her, um, you know, sort of downfall and and uh, exile from her native Philippines, how entertainingly cartoonish and villainous she really was. Um, you know, I'd heard, you know, it was always a joke about, it was always a late night joke about how many shoes she owned or blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But the fact is she <laughs> she is absolutely unequivocally convinced of her divine right to rule and it's pretty entertaining stuff um and you know none of these people are dummies but they are crazy yeah they are
1: narcissistic
0: (laughs) crazy i mean it's it it really is a new there's a new benchmark for uh entitlement and narcissism and and its name is uh imelda marcos and you've got to see the kingmaker it's great doc
1: nice I'm super interested in uh, cool and um, well I think it's time um, to put a song on the
0: old playlist all right what are you going with Million.
1: You, know, yeah, you want me to go first I've got yeah. um, I've got one that I almost hundred percent positive is not on our list already and uh, I'm shocked we have nothing by this group but I'm going with the velvet underground there she goes
0: nice we do I do believe there is uh, there are some song, a Velvet Underground song or two, but I'm not sure. You might. I don't be right. think
1: there are. And uh, I was trying to think. It's one of those bands, like not to to um, overtalk putting it on there. But I, I, you know, I keep kind of a running list in my head always and forget it. Not as much as Christian forgets it during the last minute here. But um, I was listening to them this morning, and another band that it's hard to pluck a single off of. Absolutely. The albums are amazing, and uh, I was listening to Nico today, and "There She Goes" is probably like the closest thing I can think of to like just a song that I always love hearing and kind of stands alone a little bit too. Yeah,
0: love it. Uh, I am going to go. I'm going to go in keeping with the with the uh, pod today. I'm going to put on ACDC's "You Shook Me All Night Long."
1: Sweet. cool. dance party. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, never um, get tired of it. Yeah, we've got uh, Christian back, from, or not back, but we're plucking him out of class for our next episode, and uh, we will, uh, please tweet us any of your uh, favorite campaign uh, ideas, campaign songs for the the Democratic candidates, and you can throw one in there for Trump, too, if you feel like it. Why not? Um, And otherwise, uh, I'll talk to you soon. It's been fun.
0: Yeah, thanks. Talk to you later. I'm Wyndham Lewis. On behalf of my brothers, Jeremy Sartorian and Christian Lewis, thank you very much for listening to the Brother, Brother, Brother podcast. Many thanks also to our heroic producer, Damian Kendall, and to Simon Doom for our epic intro music. Learn more about the pod at brotherpod.com. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook, and it's extremely helpful if you rate and review us on iTunes. Thanks again for listening.